Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Who is Virginia for? Well, in the fall, it's for mountain dwellers and leaf peepers, apple pickers, cider sippers, trail-running overachievers who all inevitably become spa soakers and fire sitters. Will someone get me a cozy flannel? I'm going where they are. As I was saying, Virginia is for all sorts of lovers. So come love it for yourself. to Hammerlock Hangover, and you are hearing Jeff's voice, not Steve's. Why? It's our 100th episode. Happy anniversary. And where is Steve? Somewhere else. That's why you're hearing this on Grounds for Divorce. Just fuck that guy at a wedding. God damn it. So here I am with my number one side piece, Jimmy T of the PWC. What's up, Jimmy T? What's cracking, man? Happy 100th episode, and I can't believe Steve didn't make it, and I did. What the hell is going on? Steve, where are you, man? It's like the upside down. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, I never would have bet on this kind of Stranger Things, but yeah. So, yeah, Steve Steve is at a wedding of some sort that requires a Thursday night thing and a Friday and being away for the weekend and indisposed. So this week that we missed uh, really is coming back to haunt us in that we don't get to celebrate together. So perhaps our 101st, uh, we'll see. Um, well, who knows? Maybe this divorce will be legal. Maybe it'd be like She-Hulk where, you know, you get you get your trademark in two days and then you're in court about it a week later and then you get your summary judgment right away. So who knows? Um, anyway, enough about that. So happy centennial to Hammerlock Hangover. Well, it could never be done. What, what do you think about that, Jimmy? What, what, what are your impressions of the first hundred episodes? Of that? Well, put it this way: um, hundred episodes is a landmark, first of all, and what a great show! I mean, having you and Steve on, especially you, Jeff. I mean, let's be honest: you're the controversial one. I'll give you that. And I think Hammerlock Hangover now has become a staple, man. I mean, and it's still going strong. One hundred episodes. Congratulations. 
Thank you. I agree. I am the better looking one. I am the smarter <laughs> one. I am the better dancer. I am the funnier one. I am more fun to be with at parties. I have better hair. It's exactly everything. <laughs> it's um, all right. So we should talk about wrestling. And this has been an interesting week. So earlier today, and this is Thursday, September 15th, um, we try to record on Thursdays, but we're, we haven't always been able to do it. So anyway, in real time, a little bit earlier than usual, around 8.15. So earlier I tweeted my prediction for the AEW Dynamite ratings, and I predicted that it would be about 890. Now, I know I'm usually a week ahead, and I'm usually a little bit gloomy and doomy. I'm like, yeah, you know, I could see myself to 930. And then Steve thought it was going to be like 775 or something like that. And what did you say, Jimmy? You were also like 7 and between 780 and 8, something like that. Um, the professor Chabelo Veracruz, shout out to him. He said 1.01 million. Well, he was the closest, wow. but it was 1.175 million, which is its best in something like 51 weeks. It's, I think only the CM Punk debut show did that, uh, in the last year. I don't know how they did it. People are saying, well, people are curious about the, the CM Punk and no elite. Well, you could have said that about last week, too. And, yeah, they went over a million, but they gained 140,000. Now, I thought it was a bad show. I also acknowledge that once you start watching, chances are you'll just finish watching it. So, you know, what? what's the difference? But, though that always hasn't always held true with AEW, but, uh, or probably anything. But the main event was pretty good. So if you started watching, chances are you would stick around to watch Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho uh, in the semifinals for the AW championship. Um, I just don't know how they got 1.2 million people to stay through that entire show and, and stick around. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know the big bang theory has a good lead in. I know Arthur Ashe is next week. I know there's a little controversy, but is the controversy bigger this week than last week? I, I ask you, Jimmy T. Do you think so? No, not at all, first of all. Second of all, I did say, actually, on one of my shows, on our shows earlier, Jeff, that if because of the Mark Tards in AEW, they're going to look at it. If they do break the million, it's because it's Jericho versus Danielson. If you remember, I did mention that, although I did think they were going to get 780 or something along those lines. I'm actually quite shocked that they did get the number that they got because I wouldn't have thought they would, but I guess they're loving it, man. What can I say? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I am a loud man. I can be controversial, but I'm also a fair man. And they started the night over 1.2 million and they ended the night around 1.8, 1 1.9. So they, they held the audience, but it's not like, it's not like the end was stronger than the beginning. The end was still weaker than the beginning, but still they mostly held the, there wasn't a whole lot of difference is, is all I'm saying. So whatever they started with, they held most of those people. Um, now there's some things I can look at it and it looks like maybe wrestling overall is having a resurgence. Maybe <laughs> a rising tide does lift all ships, but maybe the rising tide had to be WWE. Maybe it has to be the, the biggest bay to fill up, to to lift all ships. Maybe, uh, smaller things doesn't doesn't lift up all ships. It just they just lift up themselves. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a geologist, so I don't know how rising tides work. Um, you know, uh, I sometimes know how metaphors work, but 
mixed metaphors get me confused and I'm confusing myself right now. I don't know. The truth is I'm confused, but they did hold the audience from the beginning. It is not unusual for AEW to start strong and then drop off weak. It is not unusual for AEW to start strong and have a divot and maybe pick back up because people want to see a particular match. Um, maybe it really is the it's a work crowd. We're really sure it was a work, but they would work us for at least one or two full weeks. And then they, you know, spring the elite coming in and CM Punk coming back two weeks, you know, before the Arthur Ashe show and they all want to see it. But it was pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen. Maybe they thought it was all going to happen during the main event. I don't know that. I mean, only CM Punk was this involved in the main event in, in the world title picture before that. The elite weren't. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, so maybe that's something, but I, I can only say maybe. And that's what other people have said. It's the only thing that makes a little bit of sense. But hey, whatever it is, hats <laughs> off. Maybe it was the pizza guy. <laughs> maybe it was. Everyone loves pizza. Um, you know, he, he was viral. Um <laughs> Exactly, thank you. Look at these new side effects we have here in Riverside. This is exciting. See, Steve doesn't do that. My, my ex-wife doesn't do that. My new wife does. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I don't know what to say. I, you know, I, I am dazed and confused about it. But we're not going to start with with that. We'll we'll finish with that, and we'll do the Arthur Ashe predictions um, because you know towards the end of the show. Um, so I want to go back to SmackDown and, you know, I I have some issues with WWE because, of course, I do. No, but I, re- I really do because, I you know, everyone's excited about WWE post Triple H. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we understood that some of the Vince stuff had to play out and some of it still has to play out because some things are locked and loaded and, and stuff like that. And there's been some long term investment and you just can't drop it. Um and Triple H has been relying on, you know, tried and true wrestling tropes, but also a Tony Khan trope, which is, you know, let's bring back people, let's have surprises, let's bring right. free agents, you know, let, let's do stuff like that. And and that's fine, too. Um, but, you know, the other thing everyone was expecting was sort of like your NXT with a bigger budget on a bigger stage with wrestling stories and continuity and bigger characters and bigger personalities and like sort of something for everyone there would be stories up and down the card and everything would make sense and i'm not entirely sure everything is so i don't want to say warning 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 danger will robinson but there are some things i'm looking at and i think we all should look at them too because i'm not saying the honeymoon is over no 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 i'm not saying any bubble should burst i'm just saying we need to monitor some things while the company is still attentive and while the company is still theoretically responsive anyway. So we're, all, we're going to talk about good things. We're going to talk about bad things. So good things. The Brawling Brutes not wearing their stupid outfits anymore. They're just <laughs> in wrestling attire. Butch is still being called Butch, but it's Pete Butch Dunn. He's wearing he's wearing regular wrestling attire. They're not wearing their old-timey, like, newsboy outfits or, you know, gangs <laughs> of New York 1901, you know, uh, dock worker immigrant Roughnecks stuff, so that that's good. SmackDown star with a hot match. Uh, for those who want to hear a fuller review of SmackDown, me and Jimmy T did uh, Smack Talk, um, which Absolutely. we were doing two years before WWE. <laughs> I can't believe it. Horrendous name for themselves. Uh, you know, I mean, not horrendous, horrendously took that 
name for themselves. How dare they take Smack Talk for SmackDown? Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you were we were in commerce first using it. Um, Absolutely. But point being is that there's a, a full review and critique of uh, SmackDown and, and uh, you know associated wrestling items because we throw in a little bit more into every wrestling show too because yeah as you know with wrestling things hit every day. Um, I also very much enjoyed Michael Cole taking some low key shots at AEW when they were mm-hmm. talking about the discipline regarding Ronda Rousey saying Ronda Rousey Ronda Rousey was disciplined for actions internally by the company meetings backstage with officials uh, took place backstage behind the scenes as it should which was <laughs> bang bang shots shots fired which was great <laughs> absolutely that was awesome yes the bad there was a five-way women's match to establish who the number one contender was to live morgan's belt the only person that deserved to be in that match was ronda rousey no one else in, in that ring had won anything recently all of them had lost this seemed very much what like vince booking um, before on SmackDown and Raw, just put five random people in there for no particular reason. Uh, and on top of that, one of the contestants was Lacey Evans. Um, we don't, they, to their credit, we didn't have these long, attenuated um, introductions with music and all that shit. But because of that, we don't know if she's supposed to be a face, if she's a heel, what her character is. The crowd didn't know. Nobody knew what to make of it. She wasn't getting much response anyway. I, I, I was an open critic, still am, of what that character was. I thought that she should go full-on Sergeant Slaughter and, you know, totally be against the, you know, the USA, you know, complete, you know, find a, a Colonel Mustafa type and, you know, or, or you know, a MAGA type or whatever. Um, you know, some, you know, you, you don't have to say MAGA. You don't have to say Oath Keepers. You know, I mean, you don't need to bring Jackson Riker back. But, I mean, you could put you know, someone in Oakley's and and an ODB outfit, and and people would get the picture and what what what's going on there when they put a disgruntled military former, you know, MP cop, you know, sort of against the establishment. I mean, you know, you, you, we can put that one together anyway. So criticism: What the freak is with this match? What was with Lacey Evans? What is she? Why is she in this match? She's disappeared for weeks. There's, there's barely a mention of her. Her hair looked great, by the way. Um, we have Zia Lee in there who loses. We have Natty who loses first grade. Sonya Deville's in there. Don't know why she doesn't win anything. And, and like her story really should be with uh, Adam Pierce more than anything else. Um, anyway, Ronda won. So this was good. She's the one who should have won and, and she won in a pretty cool way. And she, you know, Adam Pierce confronted her and, and it didn't go so well for Adam Pierce and all that's fine. So, um, I want to say that Rhonda, though, had some wardrobe problems. And her <laughs> wardrobe was, her ring attire was the biggest heel this week because, like, her boobies were popping out, and that's not a good thing. So, you know, you know, a lot of times with a, you know, female superstar, wrestler, or celebrity or otherwise, you know, that's that's something that maybe someone like myself would appreciate. Now with Rhonda. No, I need her to get some better attire. And, and I, I don't want her to have those more wardrobe malfunctions. I know we talked about this on Smack Talk a lot. So uh, talking Smack. What do we call it? So, smack Talk, right? And they're Smack they're, Talk. And now they're yeah. using Smack Talk. And mind you, I went with that name because of Talking Smack, their show, right after SmackDown. And then what do they do? They scrap that and now they call it 
smack talk. Like, what the hell, man? man. <laughs> I still can't believe it. And they're using a green colorway instead of blue, which is odd. Oh, my goodness. I just learned that the ancient <laughs> Chinese did not distinguish between blue and green. <laughs> I'm so just crazy. saying <laughs> they're using green instead of blue. But we should be able to make some money off that, Jeff. You think? You think. I but, do you think. <laughs> oh, well, I'd love to make something. If they want to buy it, absolutely. We've got a price. Everybody has Is a price. anything about, like, poking <laughs> bears? <laughs> That's true. Maybe we can piggyback off them and, uh, you know, hopefully get more ratings, shall we say. Yeah, maybe people are Googling Smack Talk and they find us. I mean. Absolutely. Know. As a matter of yeah. fact, maybe you would find us if I actually type it. I should actually check it out and see. But, yeah, you're right. There you go. All right. So that, that was some other stuff. So. So, you know, I saw some hints of, you know, characters with meandering stories or no stories, no introductions, things like that. Uh, there, there was a we, we left off with Baron Corbin uh, being taken into a limo, which we thought was JBL's. But that was a week ago. Did, there was there's been no follow up on it, right? No, I don't think there has been. Absolutely not. Right. So and that was not this most recent episode of Smackdown or was it? I think it was. Okay. I lose track of time so easily these days. Uh, <laughs> Same here. Yeah. That makes two of us. Sorry, but the, the opening match was really good with the uh, with Imperium. Very happy the Imperium is back. Uh, I guess Giovanni Vinci's keeping his name, He's uh, but he's still with Imperium. Um, that's fine. I don't care. Apparently, he is born in Italy, so... Maybe an icon makes no sense. Giovanni Vinci makes more sense from that perspective, but they made a big deal of saying that he's only the second WWE superstar um, to be born in Italy, uh, and the first being Bruno Sammartino. Um, I did not That's know right. that. Uh, I have no idea how to fact check, but I assume they know their business uh, when it comes to stuff like that. For sure. Anyway, yeah. The, the, the rest of the show, uh, you know, SmackDown was okay. Like I said, if you want to hear a full rundown of it, you know, you can listen to our version of Smack Talk on the PWC. Um, and then we go to Rampage. There's really nothing to talk about on Rampage. It was sort of a nothing show. Uh, the only thing that happened was Darby Allen lost to Sammy Guevara in a quarterfinal match in this tournament. But once you knew that it was going to be, they were going to be facing John Moxley, you knew it was going to be a heel, not a face. Um even though they didn't make much of a big subtext about it being Jericho Appreciation Society with Jericho having, you know, two members of his team in it. And they, you know, because cause that's not the story. The, the story isn't anything about that, which is sort of how you, one of the other reasons you knew Jericho wasn't going to win. Otherwise, they'd be conniving and planning. And it's another reason that you know this isn't a work because that would have been worked into the work because the Jericho Appreciation Society is worked into every single work, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and the True. utter lack of BCC um, coordination. In fact, it's only been sort of mentioned that both Brian and Moxley are in it. So anyway, <laughs> you know, not a terrible match. Darby is a lot better than Sammy. Um, you know, there was a Anna Jay and Ty Conti both worked in to distract the referee and, and Darby, and there was a nut shot involved, and that's how Sammy got to end as well. I mean, he, he, Sammy has not gotten any better. Um if anything, he's might have gotten a little bit worse because he has no idea how to be a face any longer. He he never wrestled differently face versus heel. He still doesn't, but his personality, it's like he's so he's so involved in this I'm obnoxiously in love and annoying. Um that he, he might be one of those permanent heel guys, but he's 
not nearly as good as it uh, as say like a you know a Ric Flair or an MJF. Oh hell no, and he never will be. As a matter of fact, he's just one of those heels that's got that face that you want to punch. You know what I'm saying? He does. That's what that's what type of heel he is. He's one of those chicken shit heels, basically. Yeah, he's and you know there's always you can say about people they're young, but he's not that young. He's 29 now, which you know so he he's been on TV for over three years now, pretty much every single week. And he's been wrestling, I, know, I think since he's 19 or something like that. So, he, you know, he's not old, but, he, you know, normally, I mean, everyone says Aaliyah sucks after she was in developmental for seven or eight years, and she does. Uh, right. Well, I mean, you know, listen, I'm not saying that he's at her level. He's far better than she, she is. He's far more athletic, and he can put more moves together. But he, he should have advanced further. Um, I don't know how many people remember this, but he was actually in the very first AEW match. He lost to Kip Sabian. Uh, and neither one of them has really changed very much since that time. Um, Although Sammy Guevara has become the biggest star per se, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Because um, he's, he's sort of perceived like he's a big enough star in AEW. It's sort of funny because I wonder if, you know, let's reverse roles and say that, that somehow Kip Sabian was the one that Jericho liked. Would there be any difference? I mean, Kip Sabian's got Penelope Ford. He is Ty Conti. I mean, it's, you know, it's their parallels are bizarre in, in some ways. I don't know how Kip Sabian is still employed. I mean, he, <laughs> Penelope Ford lost the match on this on this night, and Kip Sabian's still coming out with a box over his head and his little d- dandy highwayman outfit, like he's from a French Victorian era or uh, 1980s new wave band on MTV. Um, yeah, but, from the I mean, 80s, though. They did, they did all that build-up for, for nothing. I mean, just, like, when does this contract come up so that they can just not renew him? Who knows, man? Hopefully it's very soon because he looks worse than what he did when he first appeared in AEW, in my opinion, anyway. And that makeup, get it off, man. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, there's just no room in this company for him. I mean, and even when there's a place for a heel jobber, they're not using him for that. I mean, if you're going to use him for that, okay, I can get it, but they – they use the wingman. They use the factory. They use Tony Nice, and they use Tony yeah. Nice, and they use and they Tony use Nese. big guys too when they feel like it. Right. right. Occasionally, those county guys, boy, Bear, Bear Bronson, <laughs> big, and the Big Country uh, and um, uh, Camarado. Right. Yeah, the, the factory dudes, and the, I don't know. There's there's some other you know whenever they want the Dark Order or the Butcher and the Blade, they you know <laughs> when it's when it's convenient. We have uh, the private party. So, all right. So, speaking of private party, and, and, you know, and I don't really want to cover the PWI 500 too much, but I sort of (laughs) have to. I mean, I try not to get uptight about it because it's written, you know, it's it's by the Pro Wrestling Insider, which is, you know, magazine's been around forever. That's Meltzer's magazine, right? Uh, Yes. No, no, it's not. It's not. It actually isn't. Meltzer's magazine is the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Okay, so whose magazine is it? Aptor? Aptor was the original owner, and then he sold it to, oh, man, I know the name, but let me just double check. All right, but their fans their fans vote on it, and so this is fan voting, so of course it's going to be a little bit goofy, and I don't know how many votes they really get, and I don't know, you know. The only reason I, I thought Meltzer was involved is because apparently he put a couple names into it um, that might not have made it, but I, I – in the high 400s, 
like almost back to back was Isaiah Cassidy and Angelo Dawkins. Now, Angelo Dawkins <laughs> from <laughs> Street Profits. I mean, listen, I'm no Angelo Dawkins fan. I'm not even a Street Profits fan. But there's no way that that guy is like the 487th top wrestler of the year. And Isaiah Cassidy is not one spot ahead of him or behind him. I mean, you know, I, I think Private Party's terrible. But these are two teams that are on TV quite a bit, but especially yeah. the Street Profits. I mean, some of the names in this PW500 are ridiculous. Now, so, some of the ones in, you know, I mean, Angelo Dawkins had a better year than, say, Jonathan Gresham, who was listed number 10. I mean... Yeah, no, that's true when you put it that way. And I just want to point out also, Jeff, that uh, it's not the fans that actually pick out the top 500. It's actually the writers of the magazine. Oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> this, is, this is so ridiculous. So, really, we, we don't even... I mean, is it the writers just of that magazine or is it the writers abroad? They, like, invite all sorts of people. No, 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 just there. from that magazine. Well, how many writers could they possibly have? They've got a fair few, um, but who the hell owns it right now? That's the thing. It's not telling me. Um, yeah, but uh, there's a few writers apparently, man. I can't tell you the exact list, but there's definitely a few I mean, writers. Do you, is it more than a dozen writers? Not sure. And it follows a certain criteria, which includes win-loss record, championships won, and quality of competition, major feuds, prominence within the wrestler's promotion, and overall wrestling ability. Swell. Okay. Uh, just people, you can check out the, the 500 on your own, and, and you tell me. I mean, like, Apollo Crews was in the, in the bottom 400. Both Khan and Moses from Shane Taylor Promotions and O'Shea Edwards were in the bottom, uh, <laughs> you, you know, between 400 and 500. Um Khan, who is in Tully Blanchard Enterprise, well, now it's the embassy, um, you know, but Apollo Crews, who, you know, it's not like he's been great, but he's been on the main roster. He's had sort of a renaissance in NXT. I believe this is the, the July to July uh, time period. This happens every year. So I, I don't get too upset about it, but there are some things I thought were well, funny in there. I do think the pro wrestlers take it pretty serious. Numerous ones do anyway. You know, I would too if it, if it was me. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's an honor or a slight. I mean, if I'm, I'm if I'm Angelo Dawkins, I'm pissed. I don't know <laughs> how I feel if I'm Moses. I mean, you know, half the year I spend, you know, working partly for Ring of Honor, then not really sure what I was doing. Then my friend got picked up by seemingly by AEW, but not exactly. And I'm still, you know, going on the indies, but you know. But Moses is a better wrestler than, say, like Ivar. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I, please. I, I, I sort of always put put them together because it's almost like Khan and Moses, the soldiers of savagery, <laughs> sort of replaced the Viking Raiders or War Machine and Ring of Honor, sort of as the big Haas team. Um, so I, I sort of always compare them in my my brain together. Um, but you know, again, it's you know, some of the names on on the list, like probably you haven't even heard of like in the, in the top 30, there's some guy named, I think like AC Mac. And I'm like, that's not Rodney Mac. That's not Willie Mac. Who's AC Mac. Then it turns out AC Mac won like that internet championship, which apparently is a world title recognized by the magazine. 
Okay. okay. Listen, I, I get if you if you win a world title, you get let's just say they have a scoring system of 100 points. I don't know that they do. And you win a world title, you get 35 points right away. So you know that gives that gives you so a Jonathan Gresham, a Bandito, a Miz. You know, right away they they start with 35. I mean, you know, so you know that probably puts them ahead of 400 wrestlers right there. Um, Jeez. But uh, the fluent in McDonald's deal because sometimes. Mm, Mm-mm-mm. You can have a full-on conversation. So good. Without uttering. You don't finish out? A single word. Uh-huh. There's a deal for every unspoken word at McDonald's. Try one of our $3.99 bundles like six-piece spicy chicken McNuggets, double cheeseburger, or McChicken. Each paired with small fries, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Running a business comes with pressure. Remote workforces, HR compliance, retaining top talent, you start to feel boxed in. Fortunately, there's Insperity. They put 30 plus years of HR service and technology to work, offering my employees competitive benefit options while lightening my HR load. Instead of obstacles, I'm surrounded by people empowered to be their best. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible. Insperity, HR that makes a difference. I don't know. This, this was. It's just him. So AC Mac, uh, you know, just on the indies. And, you know, I think this was sort of like a politically correct thing because apparently he's the first openly gay world champion holder really? of a belt that PW Insider or PW Illustrated recognizes as a world title. So I don't even know what that means. I don't know what openly gay means versus not. Uh, I mean, I don't think Mercedes Martinez really hides or flaunts her sexuality. I don't know what, I mean, I, I, I just think that there's been plenty of people who, you know, it's sort of known, but nobody really talks about it who have held world titles before, but I guess that's what openly means. They, they do let you know. So I don't know, whatever. Anyway, AC Mac, congratulations to you and no offense, but you're not in the, anyone's top 30. <laughs> I mean, and they're going to say, yes, I am. I'm in the pro wrestling illustrated. Who's top 30 of you and nobody. Well, you know what they said, <laughs> You're right. You win. You win that argument. Wow. Um, and it's not just AC Mack. I mean, the AAA champion, uh, El Hijo de Vakingo, is like <laughs> number nine or something like that. I mean, I've seen him wrestle twice. That's probably two more than most people listening to the show have listened, have seen him wrestle. Um, he's the one who beat Kenny Omega when they got tired of Kenny Omega not showing up in AAA when they wanted one of their titles back and when Kenny Omega was openly talking about his injuries and they're like, okay, we got to go. We, we need our title back before this guy breaks. Um, <laughs> I hear he's very good. They talk about him the way they talk about Desperado from New Japan. I saw him wrestle. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a high flyer. He's a little high flyer. Seen that done, that don't care. Not impressed, not interested. Um Anyway, the, the people in the top 10 should be someone that, that everyone's heard of. But in the top 20 or 30, there's seven people from New Japan. So that's probably all you need to know about, you know, what you know what plane of wrestling reality this occupies. So I'm sure we'll get into the PW500 or PWI500 more as the show goes on. Um, I'm just happy my man Smashly made it to number five, <laughs> which is a recognition of, of objective superiority. And... I guess we should acknowledge that Roman got number one. So, like, I mean, that's correct. That's that's inarguable. And in fact, it was inarguable 
actually, I'm going to say one thing because Steve's not here now. I'm not going to get his usual rant. <laughs> John Moxley was like 13. How John Moxley is in, in the top six, I don't know. I was not a Dean Ambrose fan. Not really a John Moxley fan, but I like John Moxley more than I like Dean Ambrose. But if if you're not telling me he hasn't been the Iron Man of AEW and hasn't been carrying that brand, I mean, I know Jericho thinks he does and tries to and puts himself in everything, but Moxley's been that guy, and he's been doing the indies. He's been doing GCW. He's been doing the thing with Nick Gage. He wrestled Tanahashi, wrestled Suzuki a couple times. I think he had a match with Lance Archer. I think he had the GCW title for a while. He might even Yeah, he did. He did. He absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was a new interim champion. Then he then he won again to erase the interim from it. He's in the <laughs> tournament again. He's in the finals. Uh, you know, he, he was part of the one of the founding members of BCC. I mean, he's been in and around the top of AEW in every storyline for better or worse. So, I mean, and he does his thing. You know, he you know some people don't like his style of matches. I'm not really in ring guy, but. He's good enough. He's 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 better than most. I mean, you know, I like I prefer that brawler style to the technical style, but you can do a little bit of both. I mean, sort of like Hangman Page in that way. He's not as fast as Hangman Page, but he's you know bigger and older, um, and more more miles on that body. Um, so you know, I know a lot of people are upset that Seth Rollins wasn't in the top ten. I guess if it's, if it's by win loss record, I mean Seth, Seth has been. You know, he's, he's accepted his booking this year. He's lost a whole lot more than he's won. Uh, he hasn't won any titles. So if that's part of it, if, if they're pretending this stuff is objective, well, let them pretend. That, that That's fine. I have no issue with that. But, you know, as far as work rate and, you know, again, for better or for worse, he sort of has been Mr. Raw for the last year. To me, it's worse. For Jimmy, it's better because he likes to go, do your laugh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, the audience loves it. Oh, yeah, I, I mentioned we have a live studio audience. You're beautiful. We do, we do, we do. And our mind, non-binary friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's this kind of brilliance you can get on the PWC all the time. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so that's the PW500. I'm sure if you want more in-depth talk about the PW500, the PWI500, you can go to every other wrestling podcast this week and get it. Uh, so, so you're welcome, world, um, and other podcasters for those who want it. All right. So, we got uh, on Raw. Here's a couple things I don't like. I don't like when faces act like heels and heels act like faces. I liked everything that's going on with Dexter Loomis. I don't even mind the kidnapping. I don't even mind the Miz doesn't want to talk about it. I assume they haven't figured out what they want to say yet. Um, but when they do, it should be something like it, it's not going to be like when he kidnapped Austin Theory and they had a great time. They were eating cereal. They were watching cartoons. Um, you know, it's not going to be like that, but it should be something like, you know, he showed me my life and I'll do this to that. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know what it, what, I don't know what it's going to be, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's got to be something transformative. But whatever it is, it, it shouldn't involve, um, Dexter Loomis stalking outside the Miz's home and then breaking and entering when his two children are in there. Yeah, I know the thing is that no matter what, Dexter Loomis is going to get by security. He can get through anything. He's like Batman. He's like a ninja. He can get into anything and anywhere, and you're never going to see him coming. But he's still the face. And going to someone's home and breaking in, that, that's that's a heel move. Listen, it was creepy. It was done well. I love the art. I, I love his look, but this is not a face move. 
and I'm not supposed to feel sympathy for the Miz. Don't show me your sniveling chicken shit heel at home with his adorable children being like a normal dad and then trying to get back into character. And they go into a premiere, you know, with, with, you know, with his wife and all dressed up and no matter what the security, you know, creepy guy gets in. I, I, I did not like that. Um, I also didn't like the Sonya Deville open and answered the open challenge for Bianca Belair. Sonya Deville's not, she's on SmackDown. Why she's coming on Raw? I mean, if anything, there should have been something political about it, where she's trying to call in, you know, her favors from her prior position. Um, personally, I prefer her as a power figure. She isn't that great a wrestler. She never was that great a wrestler. She was okay, but she's not statuesque, and she does. And and with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey there, she's not MMA enough for it, and she's not hot enough for it. Uh, you know, she's not edgy enough for it. She's not tattooed enough for it. So, I mean, but I, you know, as the power broker, as the WWE official, general manager, whatever, assistant general manager, whatever you want to call her, she was doing well in that role, especially when they let her and Adam Pierce like really go at it. That I mean, some of that was good. Some of it was stunk, but you know, that, that was probably due to the writers. But their dynamic was good. I mean, I, I like their sort of the tension that they had. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually do prefer her in that role too. Although I think she's improved a lot in terms of in-ring ability compared to what she was. And I think she's more in tune with herself compared to what she used to be. I think she knows who she is, but you're right. I think she's better in that power position in the back with uh, Pierce. I really also don't like it when there's an open challenge and only one person comes out. But if one person was going to come out and it was going to be Sonya Deville, who's not usually on Raw... I would have liked to have seen someone walking out onto it, and then she attacked them from behind and knocked them out and took their space. You know? I mean, why and not? Then, you know, and then like closed the door behind it and like you know barricaded it or something. Like <laughs> took a you know a fire hose and ran through the door so that other people come. You know, something. You know, it could have been Dana Brooke that she knocked out, and then she closed the door and you see Tamina. You know, and you know others from the you know the way back squad it, it, it wouldn't have even mattered but and that's how she got in through some sort of uh, scheme and like someone yelled, you don't even work here um <laughs> but no we just got her in there and it wasn't even a very good match um actually it, it was a sort of a bad match and of course bianca won so i mean if you're gonna have that surprise from someone from another brand i mean at least make it a big deal i agree 100 percent so then we have damage control, which somehow it's CTRL. So it's yes. control. There's no N in there. I mean, well, no vowels, that's cool. Technically, it is the the key on the keyboard. It's spelled as control, the way they've spelled oh, it. Ah, see. you see? Yeah. See on the bottom left, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. So, so control like that. All right. So uh, are they yeah. hackers? Well, I guess they are. <laughs> I like guess they are. I mean, seriously, it is pretty silly, though, Jeff. I mean, why would they use control as in C-T-R-L and not control as in C-O-N, you know, T-R? I, I, know. I know why they wouldn't use C-O-N-T. I mean, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cunt squad, they'll be better. <laughs> exactly. I mean, at least there's a reason why for, for the key, but I, 
I don't know. I don't see the connection between them and the key. What? Fine. Whatever. And in any case, this, I, I still feel no chemistry between them. And even when there's three of them, they don't seem particularly intimidating. And I know that Oscar and, and Alexa Bliss have been, you know, backed up Bianca once before. But does that mean they're always going to do it again? Are they still a team? Are they? Uh, do they want to get the women's tag team titles? They've never said it since since it. So, like, at least we should have seen them like talking early, going saying, "Okay, so we agree we're gonna we're gonna make a go of this as a team. We're gonna try to get those tag team titles." back you know we're going to watch the match tonight so at least we would have known they're around and and they consider themselves a team uh and they're facey because what the hell do they care if that's if that's what they're going on and on about aren't they also rivals of bianca i mean why would they care if she's beaten down they they could pick up the 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 scraps just like just as easily as anyone else there's an open challenge next time alex could walk out and the time after alaska could walk out so uh, you know i it just didn't make any sense to me. It's just sort of, it, you know, sort of open challenges is sort of lazy booking. And sometimes it's cool, but it's been overdone, you know, and when there's two companies doing it, uh, you know, you have to be cognizant of that because a lot of wrestling fans watch more than one promotion, especially the two that are easily accessible. Um, so they weren't really paying attention about that. But on, on bigger stuff, that's that's a little nitpicky, which, you know, I, I like to pick my nits, but... <laughs> what I'm concerned about is in the beginning of the Judgment Day, they were they were sort of you know at it with Riddle. First of all, wh- why are they offering him a spot? What what does Riddle <laughs> offer? Like like he's done a lot of losing lately. He's in a tag team with Randy Orton. All he talks about is Randy. What makes them think that he <laughs> wants to join them? I mean, like all of a sudden they're targeting him. I, I'm just like Judgment Day has been without direction ever since they turned on Edge. Then they have this other direction with Dominic. We'll get to that in, in, a, in, a, in a second. But this made no sense. And what I'm concerned about is that Judgment Day is now your plug-in heels. For anything you want, <laughs> they're your little heel faction. They're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be, you don't know what to do with someone. Have them face Judgment Day. And since they're a heel faction, all they're going to do is lose. So they don't, So they don't end up looking more powerful. They just end up looking weaker. And I don't think overexposure is going to do this group any good because Finn Balor doesn't fit and never did, doesn't have much of a personality. Rhea's so involved with the Dominic thing that, that you know, she's almost given, you know, her her own, you know, women's wrestling contendership is, is being put on the back burner, which is okay if this is the story they're going to focus on. I'm not really sure whether Finn and Damian Priest are a tag team. Are they trying to go for tag team gold? Do, are they targeting the U.S. title? Are they targeting the undisputed world title? I mean, what are their goals other than we don't like Edge and we don't like the Mysterios, but we do like Dominic because he's the weakest-looking wrestler on the entire roster. The jobbers that, that almost squashed could beat up Dominic, but yet we want Dominic because we want to embarrass Rey Mysterio. Why? I Well... I, Jeff, doesn't this feel a lot like the Dark Order? Yeah, even if it doesn't to me, the fact that it does to you is troubling enough because right. that's what I'm talking about. It's like they just feel like they're you're going to plug them. It, it, you know, it, you know those comparisons everyone hated to House of Black. So if you just took, put House of Black against any random face group, like one week against Miro, one week against Darby, one week against the Dark Order, one week against the Lucha Brothers. What I mean, 
which is what happened. They felt less important. It's the same thing. So while they don't like the comparisons, neither group apparently, um, they're there nevertheless. So I'm a little bit concerned that they're like plug and play heels. And I know everyone loves what Kevin Owens is doing. I do too. His, his promos have been great. The way he sort of turned without changing his character has turned from heel to face seamlessly, almost without you even noticing. It's, true. it's so true. The same guy. But whenever you have someone annoying doing a promo in the ring, you plug and put in Kevin Owens to, to cut a promo on him, and then there's a match. And it's great, but if this is what keeps happening, then he's just your plug-in face. And that's not a story either. And you have a big enough roster that, that you should be doing better with that. So this is lazy booking. Maybe that's what happens when somebody's getting their feet under them. Um, but these are just things to watch for. And there, there's still plenty of people on this roster not being used. I'm not saying that they're all all-stars. I'm not even saying that they should all have jobs. But where's our truth been? Where's Reggie? Been? I don't think he's anything special, but you know, where, where, where's Shelton Benjamin be? Uh, what, uh, where has he been? I know he was hurt for a while, but he was on main event, so he's clearly healthy. Where's Cedric? Cedric and Ali were supposed to be making a tag team of themselves. Isn't Dijakovic supposed to be making some sort of comeback? I'm pleased. Dijakovic. <laughs> Braun wasn't on this week. I'm not necessarily complaining about that because he hasn't oh, been doing anything except beating up tag teams and then beating up Alpha Academy, which is also be they're becoming a joke as well. I mean, and it's Gable who takes all losses. Otis doesn't even wrestle anymore. I mean, have we does can Otis wrestle? Good question. I think he can, but uh yeah, for whatever reason it's always Gable taking all the pins. And they're barely in tag team matches. So uh, you know, and, and then when they are, it's usually an undeserved title match. Uh for no reason, and and they have a couple catchphrases, cute, okay, but you know th- th- that's not storytelling. So, you know, let's not pretend that that everything, you know, all the glitters is gold, and we'll get to the new gold thing also in in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a few things to to you know keep in the back of our minds. These are warning signs. I, I will not deny that the last six or seven weeks of RAW have been better than any six or seven week period preceding it, you know, probably going back five years. Um, that doesn't mean they've all been great. It's just that they've been better. Um, so hopefully they'll continue to do better. And I really don't mind that Braun wasn't on Raw. I- I've heard he was supposed to be on Raw. I've heard he's supposed to be on SmackDown. I've heard he's supposed to be a face. I heard they're not sure. It looked like he was targeting tag teams. It's not entirely clear. Are they waiting? You know, I'm sure everyone thinks they're waiting for Bray Wyatt or someone to be his tag team partner. I'm down with that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought Bray Wyatt up because I don't know if you noticed the Easter egg on Raw from this past right. Monday. I didn't. Did you notice the crow and the lantern? I didn't. Well, there you go. There was a there was a little sign right there, and that's actually convinced me right now that Bray Wyatt's 100 percent signed with WWE for sure. Oh yeah, that that I knew. Um, so that's cool. Um, there's, I have a little note to myself and I have no idea what I wrote because I can't read my own handwriting, which is really, <laughs> I did Beautiful. write something that I can write, which is Ugg, Aaliyah and Dominic. Now this is, this is in regards to, um, Buddy Matthews and Rhea Ripley, who are a real life couple and right. Buddy Matthews, when he was Buddy Murphy on, uh, on WWE was dating Aaliyah Mysterio, not 
Aaliyah, the WWE SmackDown superstar. <laughs> That's right. And, no, you're right. And now Rhea true. is whatever you want to call her with Dominic. Um, I'm just going to say this plain, and I've said I see nothing in Dominic. I see no charisma. I see no star power. I see no potential. I mean, in ring, does he wrestle okay? Sure. A million people wrestle okay. But there's nothing else there except his last name. Ray's contract can't come up soon enough to get rid of this. And putting him in Judgment Day doesn't make Judgment Day look any stronger. Yes, there is comedic value in Dominic being Rhea's little pet. But is that the end game for Dominic Mysterio? I think not. So, yeah, I'll take the chuckles and I'll enjoy it when I can. I like calling him sub-Mysterio. Yeah. But what, what I really want, and I was only being half-joking about this when I was having a little bit of an internet conversation with Anthony Missionary Thomas of Wrestling Soup fame. Shout out to Mission Wrestling Soup and, and cool. over there, uh, Wrestling Soup what, Network. What up, Mish? Um, word. Um, <laughs> Mish loves this. And that's cool. You know, Mish loves a lot of dark stuff, and so do I. But I, I you know, and he's always been, you know, more fair to Dominic than probably I have. A lot of people have. Um, no, I think optimistic. I think I'm being fair to Dominic. I, I look <laughs> at him. I look at him worse than I look at Jungle Boy. I mean, I see nothing in Dominic, to be frank. Oof, and that's don't tell me he's 25. He's been rest, he's been in this family business forever. He's this has been handed to him. He hasn't put a single, you know, while maybe his in-ring skills are okay, he hasn't done anything to try to to work on his physique, his body, his charisma, a look, nothing. A mullet is not a look. Anyway, the what I suggested is that they should have one of those fadeaway screens where the screen goes blurry and you hear that dream music like, <laughs> and they come back and after Rhea magically whispered into Dominic's uh, ear, they recast uh, Dominic Mysterio with Umberto Carrillo and it's oh, like he God. actually has grown into a man. <laughs> and, oh, and so now at least they have a man in Judgment Day, um, you know, and, and just get rid of Dominic and we can, you know, forget about him. And well, he can pretend that Dominic's his son, that Umberto's his son, just like he's pretending Dominic's been his son for <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> that would work a lot better, funny enough, I think. But you know what else is annoying about Judgment Day? They got to yeah. stop using purple and black as their colors. That's why it reminds me of um, Dark Order. Even though, really, they're nothing alike, they're only similar because they're just, you know, cruising right along, really doing nothing with no purpose other than Rhea Ripley and Dominic. I agree. And, you know, Finn Balor wearing bandanas just. Oh, God, tell me about it. Finn like, never no do that again. That he would be in it except for, like, you know, the retired, you know, swimsuit model association. <laughs> well, he is in his 40s. I know he's in his 40s. I mean, the only the only thing that speaks to this that makes sense is that Dominic is young. That's it. I mean, that is the only thing. All right, so enough Dominic bashing. I think I, I think <laughs> I made it clear. So there, there was Raw, which was an okay Raw. And then we came to NXT. Um, you know, noteworthy is that Solo Sokoa c- came back uh, and surprised Carmelo Anthony. Um, Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, <laughs> Carmelo not the basketball player. Carmelo Anthony, probably... like, the basketball player. And won the North American heavyweight title so uh you know the bloodline has you know ties to nxt now now he's got a title that uh, you know he can, he can carry on both brands and i actually like this cross-pollination between brands i mean toxic attraction was on both smackdown and on nxt and i, and I think that's fine i think it's gonna uh, cause a lot of cross interest get more people to watch nxt 
Um, NXT has to step up its game. It has been in some respects. It hasn't been in others. Uh, I'm not really thrilled with all of these British twinks. Um, <laughs> but I want to make a confession. I did watch uh, the Maiko Satomura match um, with Blair Davenport, who's former B Priestley, and Mandy Rose. And, and Michael Satomura is really good. Um, so I don't know if they're keeping her around as a coach or if that was sort of her swan song or what is, but I wouldn't mind seeing her on the main roster and, and, you know, working with, with some of these folks, because I mean, if this is like her retirement, you know, this is her honorific. I'm cool with that. She's, she's actually really good. Um, despite not having any of the other, you know, attributes that you would normally put in a WWE superstar or a, you know, TV star, but she's really good at, it. she looks legit. The shit looks like it hurts. Um, and, She's she looks mature enough without looking old that it looks like she can still beat your ass. And because she Absolutely. looks mature enough, she doesn't need to be the bombshell type. She can she can be the the traditional like you know sort of like the the sensei master. But the sensei master can hold the title for a bit. Um. So uh. So that's good action. I you know just like most of you, I had not seen her ever before. Or if I did, it was twenty five years ago on Nitro, and I probably wasn't. And you weren't paying attention. Because you were looking at the Nitro girls like I was, um, <laughs> or or Miss Hancock. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So in any event, she was very good. It, it was weird that they made no mention of her. They made no mention of Blair Davenport. Um, they have a lot of women on NXT. I mean, in, they in, do in, in all categories and all you know in, in all levels from uh, Kiana James, who I love her character, to Tiffany Stratton, who is probably the most improved wrestler of the year. I don't know where she's been. Um, you've got some annoying ones like Wendy Chu. Then you have, you know, the Ariana Grace who's coming up. You have this new rock or a soul Ruka, who's a surfer girl who looks a lot like she's a cross between Tiffany Stratton and Charlotte Flair. Um, you know, big, big, you know, muscle toned, you know, blonde California type athletic, um, you know, you've got uh, Nikita Lyons, you have Zoe Stark's back. Of course, you have Toxic Attraction, K&K Dance Factory with the titles. There's, you know, if you have Fallon Henley, you have Ivy Nile, Tatum Paxley, uh, Lash Legends. I'm not saying all these are great, but there's a lot of women on that roster and not, and not a lot of time. Um, I'd say they have more women than men. Maybe it's just because I discount so many of the men. I mean, I discount people like Nathan Frazier and axiom slash a kid entirely oh, i just can't the tyler blade uh bait entirely because he's so ridiculous looking i don't care what any of you say I, he's too short he when he does a sunset flip or whatever and his legs cannot hook somebody else's arms because his little legs <laughs> are too short to hook a 5'11 man he can't be a star in professional wrestling because there are people that are 6'2 and 6'4 and that's not unusual in the wwe and if he couldn't hook the, the get close to hooking the legs of Braun Breaker, who might be six feet tall, I mean that's what the Baltimore Ravens let, list about six feet tall, then how is he going to do it against Randy Orton, or how's he going to do it against Drew McIntyre? So, so true, don't man. at me, people. And he's got and the strong boy thing is stupid because he's got these little short dwarf arms. But he does have big legs for his size. You got to give him that at least. Very big legs. He's got he's got like Kevin Sullivan powerlifter legs. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. will give him that. Swell. You know, you know who also is good at wrestling? Adam Cole. Too small. So what? Um, 
would I prefer that Tyler Bates' skill set be, you know, in someone else, you know, say in a Duke Hudson's body or someone like Von Wagner they insist on putting on my TV? Sure. Would it be cool if someone like Sangha could move like Tyler Bates? <laughs> yes, it would. Um, but sorry. It, 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 Tyrion Lannister is, didn't, get, didn't get to sit on the Iron Throne and Tyler Bates doesn't get the title here. And, it's, and, and, it, and we have two of him. We've got good guy him, and we've got bad guy him, and J.D. McDonough with his giant dwarf head and his little body and this stupid thing where he, he gets excited about blood. And it, it, it's like he's gone from I'm a doctor and I know all of your pain points. You know, first it's like I'm mini, you know, I'm a junior Finn Balor. Now I'm a doctor and I know all your pain Poor points. Poor man's vision. Right. So now I'm like a psycho and I love blood. I mean, and he's not done with Braun Breaker. Well, you lost. You lost in the middle of the ring. But he, he, he's done with you. <laughs> I think Judgment Day might be calling for him, actually, uh, Jeff. Don't be surprised. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Just pick them all. Take, take, take all of the – and, like, I don't mind Gallus. They're not the biggest of guys, but at least they look like brawlers. Right, right. No, I agree. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's not like I'm anti-British. I, I thought Blair Davenport acquitted herself. I don't like Alba Fire, but that's because I can't understand a word she says. And she's Stop it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand that damn accent either, man. On a female, just the Scottish accent, I don't know. Yeah, it ain't good. So anyway, so they got a logjam of women there, which is not a bad problem to have. Um, and Ariana James's assistant, she wasn't on this week. That was a, that's a big fail that they didn't have her on. Yes. Woo! Woo! <laughs> that is nice um, alright what else happened on this show of note uh, cage match was fun the Creeds uh, did not successfully get back the NXT titles I wouldn't say the Pretty Deadly exactly successfully defended them but they did with the assistance of Damon Kemp but it was a fun little show the big talk is at the end you had the Shawn Michaels voiceover and then you saw the, the Nickelodeon spray paint by <laughs> bright colored NXT logo sort of phase back into sort of a modernized, more metallic version of the black and gold, but less yellow and black and more like true gold with sort of a white rim. So almost like what's old is new and the 2.0 is gone. That was always stupid, the 2.0. So they just got rid of some stupid stuff. It's a cooler logo. It's much more merchantable, I think, to adults. Oh, um, for sure. I don't think it means that you're going to start getting 38 year old veterans, you know, from <laughs> Indies, you know, overpopulating the show. I, I don't think they're going to change their mission. You know, maybe they'll mix it a little bit more, which is fine. Um, I just hope that they don't go back to the dinginess. Like my big problem with NXT 1.0 was that it was so dark. It was dreary. It, 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 it like felt like I was watching like film noir or something. It was like always <laughs> like, there, yeah, some movies are always like cloudy and rainy. Um, you, you see, I didn't mind that only because it felt different from Raw and SmackDown. That's the only reason why I didn't mind that. I, well, I did. Um, you know, I know there's people who who sort of like the griminess of it. 
I think you can be grimy in HD as well. Um, oh, for sure. I don't know, but I just want it to be lighter. It doesn't need to be Nickelodeon lighter, you know, and, and spray paint and mural, you know. It doesn't need to be like a, you know, who's that? The Lulu Lululemon. Who, who's the who's the one who make Lily Pulitzer with the with the colorful dresses and Kate Spade? Because it doesn't need to be like like that. But, <laughs> um, a little color, please. So anyway, I don't think there's going to be any major changes with NXT. I don't think we're going back to 1.0. And, you know, I heard somebody, I think it was Drew Yari talking about, oh, well, maybe they're going to, you know, reform the Undisputed Era. And I guess that's because Bobby Fish is a free agent. But, like, Roderick Strong, his injury was a work to cover up for a real injury. And Roderick Strong was going to be released. So right. the injury is just ride him off TV. Now, whether he still wants to be released or not, I have no idea. Kyle O'Reilly just had neck fusion surgery. So I haven't heard anything else of it. I don't know how serious it is, but I don't know how, how you're looking at him back any sooner than six to eight more months. And really? Adam Cole hasn't wrestled in probably around the same time since CM Punk. Like him and... Brian Danielson went out around the same time. Brian's been back for a month or so. so And Brian was out for about two months. So Adam Cole's been out three months. And one of the things that people didn't talk a lot about in CM Punk's presser, God knows why he said a lot, but one of the things was he talked about Adam Cole, who I guess is one of the people that's on the opposite side of him, politically speaking. And he said, yeah, I'm just really worried about the kid's health. Um, the kid. I, I, I don't think he's really worried about him, but I think that his health may be worse than anyone's letting on. And if you were out for a concussion for going on four months now, and apparently he had a lighter concussion a month within 30 days of this one and the shoulder injury, but it's, it's the, it's the multiple concussion things. And, you know, so I, you know, I, I don't know what to say about it, but, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, Adam Cole injured or not, is still on a long-term contract with AEW. Kyle O'Reilly is in no shape, and he's on a long-term contract with AEW. And Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong by themselves, even if Roderick was healthy and they wanted Bobby Fish back, is you know not exactly you know an exciting draw or anything that would make me excited. But it would be a sign, yeah, NXT 1.0 is back. Now, if they want to keep Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish on as trainers, all for it. Absolutely. That's better off. I mean, that's where they're suited, especially at this time of their careers. Now, Dan, as far as Adam Cole goes, I'm pretty sure his last match, wasn't it at Forbidden Door? I think that you're right. Yeah. That I, was his I, last match. Because that's, that's when he got hurt, right? Right. But he was kind of, of right, but he was kind of already hurt, though, going into the match, if you remember. And I think yeah, he, he aggravated it, right, or got a concussion in that matchup, hence why we haven't seen him since. Yeah, like he he forgot where he was, and like they had to pull him in to to pin him. Yeah, he, he took the pin spot. Yeah, I, yeah I it was an abrupt that. ending, if you remember. It was like a real weird ending. Yeah, especially if, I mean, for you know whatever you want to say about Adam Cole, he's not a a, a non professional wrestler. He's definitely no, professional of about it. I just think he's you know happens to be too small. Um, uh, he's much right. too small, definitely. Yeah. All right. So. All right, a couple of things. So this week, you know, we we we're, we still have the fallout of the Bucks and CM Punk and Omega and the press conference heard around the world. So apparently in the news, we heard that the Bucks sent feelers to WWE. 
And then we heard Omega might have done the same while Omega's tweeting happily from Japan, eating with his, right. his golden lover friend, <laughs> yes. Ushi, who apparently hasn't been able to do a push-up in, in a year, but it looked like he had no problem eating sushi and posing. Listen, I guess the Yakuza hit is off Omega. Apparently, apparently so. And just quietly, Kore Bushi didn't look that small like he made out to be. So I don't know what's real and what's not here, but he's yeah. just, he was, he looked a little suspect in my opinion, like he's still in decent shape. Right. And I, I guess his mother hasn't had another suicide attempt <laughs> or maybe a veiled talk of it, which in Japan is, is might be treated the same. because It could be treated as a hit also. That's what they mean. There's talk that they, they meant it as a hit on the mother. Oh, well, I guess they worked it out. I, I, I don't know. Um, in, any, in any case, if we find their heads being served as sushi soon, we'll know that they made <laughs> mistakes. Uh, if, if Kenny Omega gets safe and we until you see pictures of them happy and all that, you know. Listen, nobody wants anyone's head to be on a platter, but it would make for a juicy podcast. So, you know, just leave it at that. Anyway. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, would you be surprised if they sent feelers to WWE? Absolutely not. That's what you do. If you're going out of contract and you want to get your stocks up, you know, make some more money, that's just a natural thing you do. You'd be yeah. silly if you didn't. Uh, I mean, especially if you're un- unhappy where you are and you think there's at least a 50-50 chance you might lose this political struggle. Um, and, you know, apparently if ratings are going up without you, <laughs> now, now whether it's because that's the smoke, it's everyone thinks it's a work and right, they're waiting right. for them to come back at NWO style, I, I, I guess time will tell on that uh, eventually. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I don't blame them. By the way, everyone, that's not contract tampering. Tampering is when one company that's not in, in contract with talent contacts talent that's under contract and, you know, and they also know or should know that they're under contract. So right. the bots are not a company. They can contact someone else about now. Are they breaching their contract? I don't know. I, you know, it depends how strong the feelers are. Are they breaching any employment contract they have as EVPs? That's more likely if, in fact, they actually have contracts, but we don't know if they really do. Um, anyway, Tony hasn't said anything about it. And again, feelers are sort of a hard thing. There's a reason why mob bosses are hard to convict because you know, there's plausible <laughs> deniability. Uh, they they all certainly have go-between friends. I mean, you know, you have, uh, you know, Kevin Owens is one possible go-between. You know, uh, they're probably not really talking to... Listen, wrestling is, is completely incestuous and they all know each other and they all work with each other. And, and there's, you know, plenty of people who are friends and friends of friends and things like that. Yeah, they could probably talk to Pat Buck, who could talk to Fit Finley or whatever. I mean, exactly. You know, and it, obviously, it, Cody's it, the bridge, too, for these guys, surely. Well, he might also be the bar. I mean, you know, Cody well, left in large part because of these guys. Um, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, you know, if you're WWE, you know, you might be tempted to let these guys dangle, you know, especially look, assuming they get let go. You know, if they get released, they get fired, whatever the case may be, you know. You may want to let them dangle to because they sort of, you know, form the competition. You also have invested a lot in Cody, and you don't want to make Cody upset by bringing in like his enemies. On uh, the other hand, go ahead. No, I was going to say they were close once upon a time. I mean, I don't know how much of enemies they truly are, but uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with the EVPs per se that Cody left and jumped back to WB. I think it had to do with the fact that he. 
he wanted to concentrate on himself and not worry about everybody else, basically. Where he, that's what he pretty much explained on one of the shows. He felt like he needed to worry about him. And, you know, he needed to come first and foremost, whereas, you know, he wasn't getting that sort of attention or wasn't allowing himself to be the guy. Cody is very politically savvy. So I don't know if what he said on that interview is the truth or the whole truth or whatever. You know, I don't know that it matters. I think that he would do what's best for business. I'm also not sure of whatever issues he had with the Bucks and Omega, if it wasn't tied into their EVP status. And if that was gone, and if they didn't have the ear of Tony Khan, if he had more of the ear of Triple H than they did, you know, and the roles were reversed, you know, would he be happy and smug about that? Or would he be gracious about it? Would he be professional? <laughs> would, it, would it not matter because none of them are in management? He could be on Raw, they could be on SmackDown, whatever it is. You know, I you know, I think that he's been in this business long enough. His father's been in this business long enough. His brother's been in this business long enough. They didn't always get along. I'm not even That's sure they true. get along now. But, but you know, Cody was there for Dustin when he needed him. Um, sure. So I think that he could probably let that go. And I think it would be sort of, if you're WWE, it'd be sort of hard. How could you resist the temptation of having four out of four <laughs> executive vice presidents who founded your competition. I mean, how much of a PR coup is that? Like, it's just kind of what, how bad must this other promotion be? How much of a mess must it be? If all four of the people who were starting a revolution, they, they, they not only Benedict Arnold on the revolution, but they came right back to us. They came right back to the British empire. Wow. It would be interesting. If that does happen, it would be a coup and a half for WWE, only because of, like you said, the status of all four of these guys and how bad must AEW really be in the back because, I mean, that signifies that things aren't really rosy on the other side. It sure as hell did. And and I think that people are seeing that now. But I, I guess disorder is good for business, uh, real or imagined. Um, <laughs> Jeez. On this subject, sort of ancillary, is that Hangman Page issued a weird tweet or oh, statement. God. And it, right. it, it was almost like a love letter to the Dark Order. It, it, it read almost like a eulogy to the Dark Order or a farewell. I mean, it was almost like a suicide note. I don't know what it was, but he was like, he was like, he had like comments to everyone, but like, you know, including Stu Grayson and yeah. Cabana, uh, you know, and, and Alan Angels, uh, you know, and for having a small Angel. dick. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of it. Like, But it was almost like a goodbye to the Dark Order, which if that's what it is, good. He should never be with the Dark Order again. Ever, ever, ever. If he, if he ever expects to be, you know, a star in this business, he, he, but it read deeper. It's almost like he expects to be fired too. I mean, and this is all, like, we don't know the suspensions. We don't know the details of injuries. We know that BTE was was delayed for a day, then it was put on hiatus. We don't know when it's yeah. coming back, if it's coming back. I don't miss it. We know that the innocent buck, Pat Buck, is back <laughs> at work, so he was only suspended, I guess, for a short period of time. I imagine in the investigation, that was in air quotes, folks, you know, maybe there's a real investigation. They determined he was just trying to break up the fight and wasn't, you know, an aggressor or anything like that. Uh, but he's back, so 
we're not really sure about the details, but that that is interesting. I have no doubt that they put out feelers. How serious that was or how desperate it is, I don't know, but it's it's fun and juicy. Um, Billy Corgan, I just have to mention, on NWA, I know nobody watches NWA, but he did mention Empower. We haven't forgot about you, Empower 2. It's coming <laughs> again. This was just like, uh, like 10 days after him saying, I didn't do Empower because there's not enough female, good free agent uh, female talent available to do Empower 2. I mean, listen, I bust on NWA. I bust on Billy Corgan, mostly because I don't think they're making any money. I just wish that they would admit it. I thought I thought Empower was likely going to be a flop, mostly because the way they marketed and built it. They didn't they didn't have Trish and Lita, and they didn't have, you know, all these sort of you know top cards. They, they tried to do right. indie cheap, you know. They the, the first person they announced was Tootie Lynn, some local indie wrestler, and I got dragged for that. But Billy Corgan, I don't believe you. I don't think Empower 2 is coming around, but if it is. I'm sure you're going to do it on the cheap again, but there's not enough available free female talent. I'm sorry. On your roster, you have Camille. You have Chelsea Green. You have Allison Kay and Tasha Steele. You have Max the Impaler. You have Genocide. Uh, as to, in terms of free agents, I'm sure Mickey James would, would make herself available for this. Um, Deanna Perrazzo probably would. She's Chelsea Green's best friend. She's a, you know, she, she can do her own stuff. Out, out there in the universe, I mean, you know, uh, Alundra Blaze Medusa do, might do something. Um, and there's all, there's all sorts of other uh, women out there in in the verses. You have Eva Lise, you have Miranda Alize, uh, sure. you have Trisha Dora, Willow Nightingale, who I don't think is signed to AEW, and I don't think she's under any contract. I think she's just appearance. Uh, there's Holly Dead, there's Taya Valkyrie. There's plenty. You have CJ Perry, Lana. I mean, you, you. there are plenty of people out there. Don't tell me you can't put together a card. I don't know her wrestling status is, but Maria Manica is somewhere. Angelina Love, I think, is on your roster. Mandy Leone's a free agent. You have Velvet Sky on, on your roster. You, there's all the beautiful people right there. True. So, no, you, you're right. Spot on. And you know what, Jeff? I think women's wrestling is on a bit of a renaissance right now. I mean, there's a lot of them out there and a lot of decent ones at that too. Yeah. What about Big Swole? You, you, True. You, you could bring in Big Swole and get, and, and get some good press over that. I mean, and, and plus, you know, she's as good as any of the, the, the people I just mentioned at this whole wrestling thing. You couldn't reach out to, to you know, uh, Joshi or Stardom or whatever. You know, I don't think they have an exclusive with, with AEW. I mean, there's there's got to be some Japanese female wrestling. There's, there's, there's I'm sure there's luchadoras. They're you know from, from AAA or CMLL. I mean, I know you can you can only pick one or the other because they don't speak to each other. Um, but you know that that's all that's all part of it. So that, that you you could definitely put together an eight to twelve match card if you needed to. You could even put together an eight match card and like a battle royal or something. Absolutely. You know, you know, you know, and, and then you know, find some legends as well. There's, there's, there's people out there. So he, he's full of shit. Jazz, ODB. You know, you could, you could have, you know, uh, attractions in there as well. So Billy Corgan, you're full of shit again. Um, <laughs> all right. So dynamite. I really hated dynamite. I thought it was really disjointed. There were a lot of things that didn't make sense to me. I cannot make sense of the numbers. Well, let's stick to the things that didn't make sense to me. You have Josh Woods, who was challenging Wardlow for the TNT title, who has now pivoted to challenging and getting a match with Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title. 
no idea how that works out. Um, you had a pretty bad match between Sammy Guevara and John Moxley. Both Tay and Anna Jay got involved in matter. Sammy Guevara still lost, probably the right decision, but why? Just, I mean, if he's going to lose clean, then why, then why have him lose clean with interference too? It just weakens everyone. It makes everyone look stupid. Um, then you had MJF come out for a promo. Wake up, Jimmy. And I'm awake. I'm awake. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. You that you MJF cutting a promo, and you know, listen, I, I, he's done better promos. This was sort of weak heat, but he he's basically saying that John Moxley was bullied as a kid. MJF six months ago or eight months ago, you did that the Jewboy promo where you were bullied in school, and all the kids in the, in the, on the football team didn't like you because you were Jewish, and they threw quarters at you and had you picking up the quarters. You were the one who said you were bullied, and you you had your mother provide texts from when you were thirteen. That, that it was true to support it and, and all this. But now John Moxley's playing the character. He's the scared little boy. You're the real thing. When you told us you were the, I mean, if you're supposed to be authentic, even in your character, this is nonsense. Unless you're, unless your character is just a narcissist where the truth moves <laughs> when you want it to move, it's fluid, but that hasn't been it. Yours has always been, you were the, the truth telling hard charger. Uh, there was something else they did. There was the, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like he, he talked to Moxley about being in Trump, but then he said, you kick the habit. No, don't do that. Say, I don't believe that you kick the habit. Go all, yeah. right here. Go all in with that shit. He barely mentioned Jericho and Brian Danielson, which, you know, either means that Moxley's going to win. So that's the only reason he'd be targeting him or that there's going to be a feud between him and Moxley, no matter who wins afterwards which if Moxley doesn't win, doesn't make any sense why Moxley would be right back in the title picture with MJF, presuming he cashes in the chip, unless he's going to fail and they're both going to be trying to work their way up from the top, which... <laughs> That'd I mean, be funny. I mean, it's possible, but all those things seem unlikely. There was some other ridiculousness. I mean, last we saw the Sanjay Duck group, they were still being, you know, driven off by Samoa Joe. I'm not complaining that... that, that they both moved on from this, but now they're accepting an open challenge by Jungle Boy, who had the chance to become Jungle Man. He's saying as a man, that's why he's got the open challenge, but he still calls himself Jungle Boy, and he's back to wearing loincloth. So <laughs> and, in, and, and he's not challenging Luchasaurus. He's doing an open challenge, and it's not Luchasaurus that answers the open challenge. It's Jay Lethal, and then Jay Lethal's got two guys with him, and he loses. I mean, it, it just didn't make sense if we're, you know, I don't really care about Jungle Boy or Jay Lethal or his group, but if you want to kill some time until it, you know Christian gets back, at least they can appear on TV. Where to a point where Luchasaurus has a mini feud with with Jungle Boy to get to Christian. Jay, Le you know, you, you some nonsense with Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal can carry you for a couple of months uh, on that, and then you can segue into someone else. They they find another friend from Ring of Honor uh, to, to to be there. But that, that really annoyed me. But mostly he doesn't call himself Jack Perry or at least Jungle Man. Um, it, it's just dopey. Um, we have the new trios champions going after the tag team titles, which is Jeez. weird. And then losing. Losing. Loses, they just got these devalued titles. They were stripped off the elite. Uh, and they they lost in the tournament in the first round, and they beat another team that lost in the tournament in the first round. So these titles are already sort of like, you know, twice nothing. And now th their first public appearance with the titles is to talk about the tag team titles? No. 
No, they should be the ones doing an open challenge. They they should have successful defenses. Uh, they have enough factions. I mean, I guess this was a ratings poll, and it, and it seems like it worked because this kept people in hour two. Of course, the, the, the women's matches what lost uh, the, the most people during the course of the night, but people came back after that. Um, so, so you're saying the women still suck? Yeah. <laughs> People don't care about women's wrestling as much, but you know the the WWE fans don't you know come come back and leave and you know as as much as the AEW fans. And I don't really blame them because there's not a women's division really. I mean they've got a lot of wrestlers, but you you only see the same few. And by the same few, I'm talking about the two to three baddies who don't really wrestle. Um, and every time they sort of put the gas behind someone, something happens. Like Chris Statlander gets hurt again, again, again. Uh, She's you know, Jade and Britt are the only two wrestlers that are over. It seems like Jamie Hayter may have some organic following now, and if that's the case, I'd say it's time to move on her. But you have to get the title back on Britt. Sorry, Tony, you stink. I've always said you're you're a zero. Athena's a total zero. I think the world sees that now and agrees. And she's a hypocrite too, mind you. Yes, this is true. She wears her little short shorts. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But it's her choice. It's empowering. but yeah, I, you know, this, you know, I didn't even mind this match, though. I don't really understand why they put Serena Deeb, you know, random heel in there with Britt Baker. But okay, fine. You know, I've seen worse. Uh, I guess they're still talking about Sheeta being hurt as if she's going to come back and be on the face squad. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not really too invested in any of this. No one remembers Rio. Uh, got, at least it's not Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose on that. We saw them almost break someone's neck on Dark. It was all over the internet. I mean, you know, Disco Inferno is a weird cat to me. Like, I agree with a lot of his wrestling opinions, but his opinions on life, like at least half of them are absolutely whack. Um, but he said, this is unprofessional. You're supposed to, you know, th- th- this should not be a controversial take, that this should not be on TV, that these these women need to be trained. And he's 100% right. And it was Shafir. She's, I mean, people can say what they want about Nyla, but I, I haven't noticed that she is particularly dangerous. I mean, Nia Jax was more hazardous than, than Nyla Rose. Uh, right. Marina Trapier, always she's a walking hazard. I mean, literally, she is the problem and, and not in the way that she thinks. Plus, um, she's not athletic, really. Like, I don't know, man. I just don't, she's very clunky, very, I don't know, very robotic in her movements. Right. And if you're not doing the Undisputed Elite as a ripoff of the Undisputed Era, and you're not because you released Bobby Fish... Um, or didn't renew him in a nine-month contract or whatever the fuck it was. And Kyle O'Reilly, you know, had neck surgery, and Roderick Strong is injured, and who knows when, you know, how serious that is or isn't at, at his age. Why are you keeping Marina Shafir around? Um, all right. So, anyway, so so a lot of goofy stuff on this. And and I note that even with, you know, and I was annoyed because this, this could have been a reset. The only reset I liked, and they blew the reset, was Hobbs. He had a squash match. He cut a really good promo in the ring. He's changing the chapter. He's It's the next book of Hobbs or next chapter in the book of Hobbs. He's done with Starks. It took him uh, four minutes to, to beat him, four and a half minutes. And, he's, and then Starks comes out of the crowd looking small as hell except for his gigantic head. <laughs> you know what? No. I mean, he, he Hobbs beat you clean in four minutes and 35 seconds. So now we need – I mean, does everyone have to have their CM Punk moment where they get squashed and then – have come up in. So, I mean, is is this what we want to see? Is how, how do you build Hobbs? No, he should he should move on. Exactly. Back to the line. 
This is a bad move from the start, Jeff. They should have never booked these two against each other. Heck, they shouldn't have even split them up just yet. I agree. I thought they were they were a damn good tag team. They had they had they moved together well. They had a good chemistry. They worked off of each other. That scene they did, like on, I think it was like uh, Lake Michigan or something, or Lake Erie, where they were mm-hmm. in the fur coats and the, in the freezing cold. That was great. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it, but like you could. They could have done a reset with something with Hobbs with a new program. Uh, he's challenging Wardlow. I don't know. That would be a cool Haas battle. Um, you know, sure. Put Miro back on TV. If you you filed a trademark for the House of Black, so you're not giving up on that gimmick, you should have featured uh, Buddy and Brody and have them win a match. Have them beat somebody. Have them beat the hell out of the Dark Order. Get get their revenge. Maybe bring in whoever their third member is going to be, if at all. Um but what do you do with them two right now, Jeff, without Malachi Black? Fuck if I know. Uh, what, what are you going to do, like turn Sting? You know? Sting! <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, but maybe nothing. Maybe let them control their own narrative. Maybe let them pitch whatever sure. their idea is. I mean, I'm not sure if they really make much sense together. I don't know if they even like each other. I mean, I know that, that Tommy Ann, Malachi Black, Alistair Black, you know, had relationships with both of them. Uh, but I don't know that they had that, you know, that they have any relationship with each other, uh, absent. True. So I, I don't, I don't know what you do with them, but you know, they're, they're both too good to be on the shelf and Miro is certainly too good to be on the shelf doing all things. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'd have, uh, you know, Miro instead of the promo, just cut the God abandoned them. Maybe you go, I thought you abandoned me, but in the end, it turned out you didn't. The devil <laughs> was snuffed out. You rewarded me, and now I'm finding lost souls, and I found my first two lost souls. And you know, you have these druids, and they take off it, and it's 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 Brody and and Buddy, and now they're with Nero. Is that cheap? Is that lazy? Yes, but is it something? Now you have a now you have a threesome who can challenge for the you know trios titles, and you, you get them on TV. I would rather Miro as a solo star. I think he's big enough. I think he's recognizable enough. I think he's got the charisma enough, and when he's happy, he's great. It's Absolutely, he's easily, he's easily unhappy. He's like FTR. He's always, you know, FTR. They should have been on TV. They should be talking about we want to unify these titles. You know, we know that the acclaim have next, but we but we're coming for whoever wins that belt. You know, you know, ass boys. You're not the only ones. We're don't forget about the top guys. You may be the ass boys, but we're the top guys. And, for sure, you know, whoever has those belts, you have a target on your back, and we're coming after you. Um, it just could have been a reset to, to remind us just how deep the AEW bench is. And it didn't have to be the formula of Jericho Appreciation Society, then cut to MGF, you know, uh, one women's match, and, and, you know, and then, you know, more uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Now, we did get an introduction. MJF said, my best friend, and Stokely Hathaway came out with his group. MJF introduces his best friend, then disappears. Poof! And then, <laughs> Like a ninja, he's gone. He just leaves his best friend and in there with his his new faction, which he makes clear they're not a faction. They're only a group to help MJF. But after that, they're all on their own and they go their own separate ways. But they're a faction called the Firm. MJF says they're the only stable for hire. MJF's entire run in AEW has have, have him hiring henchmen from Wardlow to the Butcher and the Blade to the Pinnacle to the Andrade family office um, to Morrissey previously. I mean, he, he's, didn't he, isn't he also the one that he hired uh, Nick Gage 
and Juventud yes. Guerrero against uh, Jericho. Right. So I, I mean, everyone's been for hire in this thing, including stables, the retainers. So, right. This, this is you know this was weird. Stokely tried, but there's no connective tissue between these guys. I don't know if they knew what the script was because they weren't in matching outfits. They didn't have a matching outfit. You know, they didn't have matching track suits or sweatshirts, even T-shirts. So I'm not sure what kind of faction this is. Um, Stokely tried to say that he worked with all of them and knew, loved them all. Morrissey was just awkward. I don't know if that was supposed to be the case or if Morrissey's awkward or if he's going through one of his depressed phases or I don't know what the hell it is. Lee Moriarty targeting the Ring of Honor pure title. Why? Ethan Page, the Atlantic title. Okay. I mean, at least he has a goal. Uh, you know, something, Ethan right? Page, yeah. He said, Ethan Page, you never could have gotten that title in that last group. I'm pretty sure that the All Atlantic title came about after that last group was gone. Yes, so, that's true. It's, that's a fact. So that's another reason why I couldn't have gone after because it didn't exist. Um, but he's from Canada, and Canada at least borders the Atlantic on, on one side. So there's, <laughs> there's some sense to that. Uh, and the gun, the gun boys, they're, they're targeting the tag team championships. Now, everyone, they felt smaller. They all have goals except for Morrissey, whose goal apparently just is to do whatever the hell he wants as well. And he, and he, and he only reluctantly loves Stokely. I don't know. Stokely, Stokely is too much into his pop references and trying to convince us how cool he is. Yeah, um, that's true. And how he's this networker supreme and he's down with this one. He's down with that one. And he's so cool. And he's so black, and <laughs> the, the, the the blackberry has the best juice, and Ugh. black male is the best thing. And I'm just like, okay, Stokely. I mean, we you know, get you it. tried, you really did, but this trying too hard, and it was too thin. And you know, MJ should have stayed with them for a while and said, "I appreciate you guys having my back, and I know when I need you, you'll be there." And then he should have walked away. I mean, they should have sh- shaken hands and hugged and all that other good stuff. Um, so that was Dynamite. So we have the author Ash, the big show next week. I guess Dynamite's going to do killer ratings. Do you happen to have the card up, or can you get it up? I the can. Card, that is not it. No, I know. I know what you're talking about. Um, Grand Slam. Right, while you're doing that, uh, I will say that all out, their estimated buys are between 135 and 142,000, which is how more much? Than, uh, between 135 and 142,000. Apparently, the final numbers won't be released for months, but that's their estimate. That's the case. That's all out last year. And this is, by the way, this is Tony Khan's measurement. He does show to show year over year. That's the measurement he likes because AW buy rates have not been linearly high. So he does the show over show because that's that's the metric that satisfies him. Well, last year's all out was the big punk debut you had uh, daniel bryan you uh, brian danielson you had adam cole uh, come in ruby Soho, um and last year did two hundred and five thousand. so this year let's just say they did 140 which is on the high end but, and by the way these estimates always end up being a lot less a few months later and nobody talks about yeah. it um True. so that's that's down like 30 percent you know not a full third but you know close um so down 30% last year. It's also down linearly from Double or Nothing um, and Revolution. Um, so it's also down, you know, chronologically and show over show. It might be over Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door, I think, ended up being 
127, something like that, and 7,000 came from New Japan World. Um, so, but if, if, if you believe their estimates, they came in above New Japan. All right. So here's, here's the card as it stands now. Jesus Christ, I can't read that. All right, so the TBS ch- title, Jade Cargill versus... Oh, we're going from the bottom. All right, here we go. Now, can you read it? Is that Diamante? Yes, not, not confirmed, though. I never heard of this matchup, but whatever. Okay. Um, listen, we haven't seen Diamante in a long time. I, I do know she's been on Dark a few times. She's someone in that women's division that, I, you know, I know when she first came in, people were excited. They remembered her from LAX, you know, and, you know, there was the little the women's tag team tournament. Her and Ivelisse were a pretty good team until they weren't. Um, well, keep in mind also, Jeff, you're reading the Rampage card. Oh, okay. So, well, it says night not confirmed. Anyway, so Jade is obviously retaining. Um, okay, so Rampage, it says it's, Samoa Joe and Wardlow versus Team Sterling. Well, I thought it was Samoa Joe versus Josh Woods. So I'm I'm not sure what this is from, but uh, Samoa Joe is retaining that title as well. Um, they seem to think that Sting and Darby Allen are facing Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Um, <laughs> when did this... <laughs> Darby's been losing a lot. Sting never loses. But Brody King and Buddy Matthews cannot lose another match. I mean, they can't just give up on House of Black. I wow. just can't see Sting and Darby losing at something that's being taped in in New York. I, I, I just can't see it. So I can't see it either. again. A bad matchup, man. I guess I had to tie the loose strings together, right? But I thought I thought they already did. Maybe Brody and Buddy break up here. I I, I don't know. Um, Jesus maybe they Christ. do introduce the third member and maybe Sting and Darby do lose because I'm looking at the face heel thing. Then we have Action Bronson and Hook. Who cares against Matt Maynard and Angelo Parker? This is ridiculous, but obviously Action Bronson and Hook are going to win. And Hook will get sure. the victory. I guess this time probably over Matt Maynard. Um, all right, Whoa. so then we're looking at what? This we're going to find a world championship. Claudio Costagnoli versus Kusheka. What's that? Yeah, well... Chris Jericho mentioned this on commentary almost in passing, but this is good. So he doesn't advance to the AEW <laughs> World Championship. So he's going to get a match for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Holy shit. Wow. You think they give it to him? Nah, surely not, right? It'd they're be cool. It'd be funny, them. but. Yeah, no, they're not. It's, they. they I mean, they could, and Jericho holds enough power, and he's petty enough that he may want to Whoa. say that he held that title. <laughs> well, you know what? Why not? I wouldn't mind seeing him say he's Le Champion of nothing. I don't know. I, I'm going with Claudio. I, I don't think they I don't think they. I'll do. go with Jericho, actually. Okay. Fuck it. Why not? The All-Atlantic Championship, Pac versus Orange Cassie, by the way, another thing that bothered me is that you couldn't really tell if – Pack and the you know, death triangle were faces or heels, but Pack was acting a little bit like a jerk. And then Orange Cassidy in the interview out of nowhere sucker punches him and knocks him out cold, like he's unconscious for like a minute. Uh, so I didn't like any of that. So anyway, that sets up this match: Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Pack will win, right? I keep thinking that Tony Khan really wants to put a belt on Orange Cassidy, but if it wasn't the trio's titles, yeah, I'm going to say Pack retains. I mean. Mostly because I'd much rather see a pack Ethan Page match than Orange Cassidy. Yeah, me too. Me too, definitely. Um, 
All right, so we have the interim AW's World Championship match: Tony Storm versus Serena D versus Athena versus Doctor Britt Baker. Why Athena is still on the match when all she's done is lose? She lost the TBS title match and she lost uh, in the tag team match, uh, so she shouldn't be in this. Jamie Hader should probably be in this, but I'm gonna go with what I said before. They have to have Britt Baker get the title back. They probably want to protect Tony Storm. So I'm going to go with Athena eats the pin to Britt Baker. Maybe she steals it from Serena Deeb to make another enemy out of her. And then Jamie Hayter comes out to claim a prize. And because Jamie Hayter's got to go Wardlow on MJF. And Jamie Hayter, if they're going to invest in her, she's got to beat her former boss, uh, Britt Baker. I'm going to say Tony Storm retained, actually, because I don't think they're going to give up on her just yet. Okay. Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. Everyone loved the, the match, the title match. Everyone wanted the acclaim to win. I, I think it's something you should sort of be careful what you ask for. But everyone, you know, they keep talking about Swerve and our glory having dissension, even though they're, they're not always in dissension. But I think that's what's good. I, I think they are going to finally have the dissension that, that breaks mm-hmm. them. The acclaimed and Billy Gunn are going to claim their titles. And then we'll have the ass boys and Stokely and something that, that matters afterwards. But yeah, I, I like everyone else, I think the acclaimed finally get their title, and we will see to. if everyone really does love the acclaimed. They have to. It's surely that this is booked for the simple reason of the acclaimed going over here and winning the AEW Tag Team Championships, right? And then let the Keith Lee's buried, the uh, you know, <sighs> refrain come out again. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I agree. The acclaimed, and then we have John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. I'm Tough. really tempted to have John Moxley the first three-time champion, but I think John Moxley does want to take time off. I think MJF attacking him to get him out of the way might make some sense. I don't know. But <laughs> that's Brian really Danielson, that's your standard bear. When things are rough and rocky, you can't do much better than Brian Danielson. So I'm going to pick Brian. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with Danielson only because of the – you know, it's the top event. It only makes sense for him to win in New York City. It'll be a big deal. Everybody will be yesing, and there'll be, you know, one happy moment in AEW. Plus, I think it'll be good for AEW to clean their image a little bit and have Danielson be their champion. Yeah. All right, so we have our picks for that. All right, so in some other news, there's new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Damage Control beat Aaliyah and Raquel Gonzalez, or Raquel Rodriguez, rather. It wasn't what we all thought where Leah was going to let her down and Raquel uh, Rodriguez was going to turn on her. Just a clean win. You know, I, I don't know how they got there, but, you know, or why they took this path to get here. I'm not sure that they really got anyone over. Maybe a little bit, Raquel, a little bit. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Bailey's group has their tag team champions, and now Bailey can look towards Bianca, which is fine. Um, they were on Rampage. Uh, when Jade Cargill said, cut the shit, shit was bleeped during Rampage. That's uh, however, MJF snuck a shit in during um, Dynamite, but no one else cursed, and there was no fake blood. There was no planned blood. Now, Powerhouse Hob looks like he did cut his his, uh, his gum or his tooth uh, during the match. That was real blood. It was hard way, it, it, but definitely wasn't planned. I'm not sure if MJF just cut it, you know, snuck it in there before the censors and if he'll get in trouble again um, or if they think nah. that shit in the 8 o'clock hour isn't that big a deal I mean that shit is definitely PG 
Um, but we'll see. Um, in some other news, uh, the Fight Forever video game is now available for pre-sale. I don't know when it's going to be released. Maybe no well, one does. I was going to ask. Or, right. <laughs> But, you know, we continue to watch that saga. They have a lot invested in that. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out if it's a good game and how it sells and all that other good stuff. And there'll be silly internet arguments about that. Um, we'll probably <laughs> never find out if they make their money back. Um, well, I'll definitely be buying it. So I'll give you a first-hand sort of review of the game once it comes out, whenever that is. In news you guys can't use, first of all, apparently, even though Ronda was having wardrobe problems, apparently... Sonia Deville had a nip slip during Raw. I did not see it, so I cannot Neither verify it. But I've heard that it was verified, so what can I say? Um, also, news you can't use. Control your narrative, including EC3 and five other guys who I couldn't tell you who they were, were on NWA, uh, saying that control your narrative is now going to take over that place. So there's another oh, indication oh. that control your narrative is just doing so great. Um, ironically... Flip Gordon is also on NWA and has also been in, in Control Your Narrative, but he's not part of the Control Your Narrative group. So I guess he controlled his narrative out of that and he hit them with the Men in Black uh, light or they hit him with the Men in Black light and he forgot he's with Control Your Narrative. Then again, it's Flip Gordon. He doesn't have a very bright light to begin with. So, <laughs> um, But speaking of EC3, in the most interesting thing of the week, we've had a little bit of Velveteen Dream and EC3 battle this week. So yes. At some point, said basically the Velveteen Dream was filming WWE talent without their authorization in bathrooms when they were naked. First, it seemed like the locker room. Then it seemed like at a party. Yes. Um, and those cocaine, apparently. Right. And then EC3, who recently got arrested twice in one week, and apparently got arrested once about a year or so ago. We don't know as a. As a asterisk to this, Ashante the Adonis is the guy who bailed him out of prison. Um, Which is bail. weird. Um, I didn't know they were friends. I didn't either. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just friends enough. I I, I don't know. I, I, you know. I don't you know, want to make too little of it. I don't want to make too much of it. It, it just seems to be the case. But Velveteen Dream went on his cell phone, basically acting like he was me, like he doesn't know how to work technology. He's like, is this on? Is this on? <laughs> you know, it's like old man of the clown. And basically goes on this rant about EC3 and saying none of this happened and he has proof that none of it happened. And EC3, cocaine's a hell of a drug, which is a fun thing to say when you Velveteen Dream and just got arrested a couple of weeks before. And one of, and in the police report, one police officer is saying that while they have you pulled over and they're verifying information, that you pull out a bag of cocaine and do a line of cocaine right in front of them. Wow. Um, so we have two guys who are not exactly sympathetic. EC3, whose entire body and the shape of his head have changed. He's got that yeah. really, you know, belly where you have like a pot belly, but abs. <laughs> yeah, that is the weirdest thing, man. What's up with that? Yeah, making a lot of strange decisions. Control your narrative is obviously a flop. Yeah, Velveteen Dream, who everyone thought was going to come, he was going to go to the AEW, he's going to be rehired by Triple H. Then you find out he was arrested about 14 months ago. Then, then he gets arrested twice in one week. And the first time, he gets something called a no action, but he gets arrested three days later, which you know I'm sure will cause that no action to be reversed. Uh, I think it already has. Uh, you know, so you know, so he's having a bad week, and now he goes on a, uh, I think it's an Instagram war uh, with EC3, who. Jeez. As as of the time of this recording, has not responded. But I, I like to call these cocaine wars. Uh, <laughs> Nikon, it seems strange, but uh, 
the saga Velveteen Dream. I mean, is there anything that, that you have to add to this thing? Because I know you follow shit like this more closely than I do. Um, uh, no, you've pretty much reported exactly what's been going on and, and the same information that I, I already knew. Um, but yeah, no, there's nothing else to really report about other than what you're saying. Um, I don't have any injuries to report, which is probably a good thing. I'm sure there were some, just haven't heard about them. I'm assuming that that um, Dewdrop's nose was broken in the, ma- the match on NXT because we didn't see her and Nikki Ash at all this week on any show, including NXT. Um, so it's probably letting that heal up. Uh, but aside from that, I, you know, again, a, a good injury week wrestling-wise in that we don't know of any. Um, and the reigns. So first of all, before we... we sign off i want to thank jimmy for stepping in i did not know steve had this issue until this afternoon um i don't think he knew that i was going to plan and go ahead and do an 100th show without him so he probably feels betrayed <laughs> maybe he's the one that's filing for divorce right now um but i didn't want to you know we we missed a show two weeks ago which was unplanned and i didn't want this to become a habit where we miss shows to our loyal listeners so i wasn't really prepared to do a solo show but i also wasn't really prepared to be the lead of one so if this show doesn't have the same entertainment factor or the same energy or the same flow it's not jimmy's fault it's not really my fault but it's more my fault than anyone else's just because you know i couldn't adapt come on, on it man. but come on but hopefully but, and hopefully if you're listening you don't find that that was the case hopefully if you, you feel like you got your your money's worth which is free or your time's worth so i'm gonna do ratings impact last week did sixty thousand, which is pathetic down from forty four thousand. <laughs> Yes, but listen, world. I do know that it was it was the premiere of NFL. It was Thursday night football. I'm not always sure if wrestling fans watch real sports as well. They always tell me they do. I'll give it ten or fifteen percent, not forty five percent or whatever this number is. But that that's just scary. So we'll have another number for Impact tomorrow. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling got reported for the second time in about nine weeks at forty six thousand. So also Oof. bad. Um, though I guess they're more parallel to their impact lead-in. SmackDown did 2.367 million, up 290,000 from the preceding week. Rampage did 429,000, down 56,000 from the preceding week, which made the dynamite numbers even stranger. Raw did 1.7 million, down 400,000. Really? Yes, I know it's the premiere of Monday Night Football. I get it, it's the NFL. But from Three weeks in a row, over two million to losing. What is that? Twenty, like twenty percent of your audience to football, huh. to a Monday night game after like four days of football. I don't know. I I would be worried, and you know, maybe it's you know. I'm again. I'm not gonna say honeymoon is over, but if you want to, you know, keep the keep those numbers up, WWE and Triple H, you better step up your game and note some of the things we talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> NXT seven hundred twenty-eight thousand. Up 52,000 for their anniversary show, which I thought was an okay show. I don't think it was great, but I, but it was a one-year show, so maybe that was the, the special factor of it. Um, Halloween, you know, next week was already pre-taped. I know there's spoilers out there. I haven't looked at them yet. I'm sure I will eventually. Um, but, you know, there you have it. Anyway, they went at 52,000. Dynamite, we already talked about, went up 140,000. So whatever the reason is, against 1.175 million. I believe it. They, they started at one over 1.2 and held it to 1.8-ish to the, to the end of the show. So that's off them. I, that, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. What, what's, what's to say? Uh, MLW, still no new shows. So I don't think they've had a new show in six weeks. or a new Really? Show that long? 
Yeah, I think they're doing tapings again September 28th, so I'm guessing they're not going to have any shows until the the that week or the following week. But yeah, I guess they're not year round anymore. Um, NW and and this isn't terribly unusual, but they used to put like best of shows or highlight shows or something. Not even body. So NWA the last three weeks 66,000, That doesn't sound great. It's not, but it is a little bit higher than it has been recently, which is why I was saying that maybe there's just a a wrestling surge generally. But then I got to Elevation and Dark. So the (laughs) last three weeks, Elevation, 209,000. Two weeks ago, 153,000. And three weeks ago, or two weeks ago show. So like whatever, it's nine days ago, 153. And then like 16 days ago is up to 263. All low. Dark, 216. Nine days ago or 10 days ago, whatever it is, eight days ago, 213, and then, you know, add seven days to whatever it is, 226. So all very low. It wasn't that long ago that these were in the four and five hundred thousands. I was talking about the seven hundred thousands. Yeah. Talking about the eight hundred thousands to a million. So um, so about that rising tide lifts all ships. It doesn't seem to be extending to um, YouTube shows. And the only thing I tell you about NWA is that the Cardonas have been a lot on more and Bully Ray's been on a couple of times. So I'm thinking that Matt Cardona, Chelsea Green, and her doing that boob shot maybe have spiked uh, some some ratings. But again, thank you, Jimmy, for stepping in. Um, thank you for listening. Pleasure, Steve, you've been served. These papers are coming your way. It's going to be a painful, horrible divorce, uh, but I don't mm-hmm. want your kids. Um, because as Brock Lesnar would say, I don't give a shit about your Yeah, so for Jimmy T, and everyone here at the Hammerlock Hangover, you can follow us at, at Hammerlock HO. Steve is at Big Daddy Cool. I'm at Icarus Fell MD. Hammerlock Hangover is a Facebook page. We have uh, it's uh, we have email. I think it's hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Pretty simple. It sure um, is. You can catch me on tons of shows on the PWC, which cross pollinates with the Hami Media Group, the PW Hustle, supposedly. Um, <laughs> Channel Attitude, even. Um, you know, and, and stuff. Uh, obviously, the Wrestling Suit Network. I'm on a show once a month with uh, Drew Yari. Well, he calls it our show. So, okay, it's our show. Um, <laughs> it's on the Drew Yari Network, also part of the Wrestling Suit Network, and my non-wrestling podcast. And I hope you'll check them out. These people have. This, the shows uh, in the last month has tripled uh, in, in scope, and that's Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Uh, Garden of Doom tends to be more things to go bump in the night. There's a cult, ufology, history, alternate history. It's sort of all over the place, just like me, and Garden Views tends to be more topical, a lot of legal topics, but not necessarily. And when I don't have a Garden Views, I'm, I'm doubling up on the Garden of Dooms, because I, I have like six extra episodes uh, always in the Jeez. bag, for security's sake, and, and two or three keeps me comfortable, but once I have five or six, I feel like I overstocked them, according to more shows this week. So, <laughs> with, with that, Jimmy T, anything you want to plug, and, and where they can find you if they want to find you? Well, you just plugged them all for me. So other than all that that you just mentioned, if you want to follow me, you can at the PWC Network on Twitter and also at DJ Mass Effects. All right, people. Thanks a lot. Steve would say goodbye all, and I would say stay evil, my friends. See you.